Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guest's host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. We have today a writer who's done so much work and is, I even said in the beginning of the episode, a way better writer than I am immensely. He laughed, but it's, it's true. Jeremy Adams is on the show. Jeremy's done so much work. He's done stuff in Supernatural, Scooby-Doo, Young Justice, so many Lego DC movies. You know, he's got the upcoming Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge which is, looks metal as shit, let me tell you. Jeremy is on the show. We talk so much about writing, and if you guys are, uh, I, I want to say amateur, but that sounds bad. We leave amateur for, like, porn descriptions. If you guys are a writer of sorts, you know what? You're really going to love this episode. Or if you're already published writer, whatever it may be, we talk about our times of, of writers being published. We talk about motivational stuff for you guys to get going, what it's like working in other people's sandboxes, and our fans, and of course, which we love, and of course, we talk Mortal Kombat, we talk working at DC, working on Lego, all sorts of fun stuff here. You know, we get real deep. There was a moment we did lose them, though. If you guys are like, wait, what are they talking about? We There's a thing about AirPods. We talk about it, though. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. You all rock. And I want to say thank you guys for always listening and tuning into the show. And for those who maybe are listening first time, you can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or ComicChronicle.Podbean.com. And if you subscribe, you get new episodes every Monday. And you know what? We're a production of the Nerd of Balls, and it's really fun, but... It's still, you know, it's still for free. So you guys can subscribe, you know, just be nice, be kind, be kind, rewind. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And if, of course, if you want to stay tuned for more news about the show and follow what I do, you guys can follow me at Dakota Morgan three on Twitter or at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. Be sure, though, to give Jeremy a follow at Space Kicker as well. It'd be very helpful. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode. You are rock. And I hope you guys get something from it, too, if you're a writer. And if not, Hopefully you guys enjoy the fun conversations we have as we go behind the scenes of your favorite shit. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeremy. Okay, and we're recording at the moment, and Skype is still going. Jeremy, I don't know if you caught the last part of that. I was saying it's an honor to have you on the show, man, because I do a lot of writing for comics and film and such. But let me tell you, it is a complete honor to have you on the show because you do so much better writing than I do. <laughs> that's, that's very kind to say, but uh, I am the embodiment of the imposter syndrome. So, what? Uh, you know, the only thing that keeps it at bay is you just put your head down and write some more, you know, it's and true. Uh, I, I, any success I've had has really come later in life. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, I'm lucky to have a lot of mentors of people by my side that have kind of helped me hone what I do. Mm. And I just want to get better. You know, it, I, I, I feel totally deficient uh, compared to a lot of other writers. So all I can do is what I can do, and and try to have fun doing it, and uh, and and that's that's kind of the end of it, you know. Yeah. Oh, I feel one hundred percent. That seems to be the best way to go about it. Like if you just you yeah. keep going at it, and just maybe every now and then you poke your head up, and you're like, "Wow, I did a lot of people. People actually like my shit. <gasps> oh, wow, <laughs> this is this is amazing." <laughs> no, that's true. I, that's true. I, I occasionally poke my head up. Just long enough to see that, you know, uh, some people like it, and then some people want me to die. So, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's the blessing and the curse of the internet, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, these people liked it, and these people think I've ruined their childhood. Okay, all right. Uh, really? But, you know, that, that is, yeah, totally. That's totally the truth. I have now been a part of several, you know, different, you know, product lines and intellectual properties mm. that people have very strong opinions about uh surprisingly you know scooby-doo uh people have very strong opinions about uh supernatural oh yeah strong fan base and 
all I can do is kind of remain true to myself and also work with my bosses um, because at the end of the day, this is an unbelievably collaborative art form. And it's something that I struggled with when I first started because, you know, I felt, oh, I'm an artist. And, you know, how dare you try to change my genius, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've told this story before, but the, the first, my first uh, credit, and forgive me if I ramble. If, I, if I'm rambling too much, just cut me off. But uh, oh, you're good. my first credit was on a show called Green Lantern, the animated series. Executive produced by Bruce Tim and oh. Jim Krieg, who has been my mentor and friend and co-writer on, on many different projects. Uh, that was your first start? Are you shitting me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? That was my first credit. I know. <laughs> it was my first credit. And um, uh, Giancarlo uh, Volpe, who had done Avatar The Last Airbender, and I think he's done some Star Wars stuff, he was a producer on it as well. And oh. I you know, pitch an idea, and I write the script, and I turn it in. And Giancarlo says, uh, uh, you know, you know what this really needs? Uh, I'm like, what? And he goes, it needs some sort of like a, a sandworm or something. What? And I said, sandworm? Like space worm thing? I was like, oh, okay. And I, I grumbled. And Jim had told me, he said, listen, if, if they want, you know, if, whoever it is, if they want to give you, you know, if you need to make Hal Jordan have a talking uh, uh, mustache, you give them the greatest talking mustache that has ever existed. That's part of the job. Part yeah. of the job is people's critique. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I put in a sandwich. I really loved it. Um, and then my second episode, uh, they asked me to do a second episode. Great. And, and again, he said, you know what you need? You need some space sharp. And at this point, I'm thinking... Is Giancarlo, like, watching, you know, nature documentaries at night? Like, what is happening? No, that's the sci-fi channel, man. That's 100%. He's watching. Because you, you give me sandworms, I am immediately thought, he wants graboids in space? Like, okay. Yeah, 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 true. So, I mean, and this is so funny. It's when the episode came out, and you watch it, and you go, yeah, of course there needed to be a sandworm and it was just, and of course there needed to be space sharks. And I, I sat there and I thought, Oh, that is a huge lesson is because as a writer, you're in, especially in animation in particular, your job is to build a kind of foundation to a house. Yeah. And then you, you give it off to directors and storyboard guys and producers and voiceover artists to add bricks. And, and hopefully you are collaborative enough to be able to put your ego aside and realize that some people see part of the picture you don't and allow them to use their expertise to add to it. And it is, it can be a hard lesson, and, but when you embrace it and you realize that we're all trying to make something really good or fun, it becomes so much easier to work. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, they, I, Neil Gaiman had this great um, uh, commencement speech he gave. And he talks about how there are you. You could be three types. You could be two of three types of people in you know arts and entertainment. Is you have to, you can be really good, uh, re on time, or great to work with. And my thing is, I can never tell if I'm really good. I can't. I, I have no barometer for that. But I can always be on time, and I can always be really good to work with. Yeah. And that those have been kind of the things that I've 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 pushed in on. And realize that, hey, if you're working, you know, ridiculous amounts of hours in an animation, you're working on something for years, 
Do you want to be with somebody, even if they're really good, that's a complete jerk? That is it, true. You a hard time. It's you know? true. Oh, yeah. Working in film yeah. for two years now and being a right. Like, I've just been working. We've been doing an animation project before the world went to shit. So then all of a sudden, that's put on hold. <laughs> but hey. Uh, and so, like, working in that, 100% agree on that. And I've said it so many times working in film on sets because, I mean, shit, I, other than writing, I do costume design and building and acting. So. Yeah. If I'm in a booth for voice acting or on screen acting or if I'm designing something in a studio or wherever it might be, you know, I've often told people this who always ask me, how do I get in? How do I be in the movie business and such? And I'm like, step number one, don't be a dick. Nobody ever wants to work with yeah. a dick. <laughs> no one ever does. No, no I've worked no with does. a couple. And let me tell you, it was just I, I don't even remember their name. And I remember it was just this whole big thing on set. And they were just an absolute yeah. asshole. And they were gone within a day. Yep. Yep. It's just how I've it goes. Heard, I've heard, and it can be even quicker than that. I know people yeah. that are now cautionary tales, and I'll be oh, yeah. somebody hiring somebody and go, oh, I'm thinking about hiring this person. And literally somebody who hasn't met that person will go, ooh, I heard he was. And at that point, that person did get hired. Yeah. It, because um, it is it is a small group of people. In the end, L.A. seems big, but the longer you're here, the um, – you know, the industry in particular, you just tend to know everybody and you hear the stories. And I, uh, I'm absolutely sure I've screwed up a hundred million times, but oh, yeah. uh, luckily people well, have been uh, g- gracious enough to uh, overlook those things. And uh, I admit it, I try, to, I try to learn from it. I try to be better at, uh, I just worked on a project. I'm really excited about that. It will come out in, you know, two years. And the executives yeah. gave these, these notes and I was just so like, what what kind of notes are these? Stupid! I don't understand. And I and I, but you know, you you need to implement some of these notes. That's the job. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you know what? I I would maybe be the first writer to ever say this. Is I love when you give me when they give me notes back when like a producer does it or the director or I don't think the comic industry that or the SGGS I work for for like five different book series. Every now and then I get a note back on them. They're creative own. So every now and then I get a note back, and I love it. I absolutely love it because they give me an idea or like we collaborate and like, well, you're, can we change this? Sure, no problem. And you sit down and look at it. It's like, maybe this will go good. Maybe this will go bad. And if it's bad, we're going to see the clusterfuck happen. But if not, <laughs> then we're going to see a lot of good things happen. Like, I love editorial notes. I love right. it. I, I, some notes I like, some notes I don't. But like, you know, like if they're nebulous notes, but like it mm. needs to be 10% funnier. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, what is, what's 9%? Yeah. What's a 9%? Is 9% yeah, yeah, a knock-knock yeah. joke or what's going on here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like specific notes I really like, but some notes I struggle with and I think some writers do and I'm one of them. And then, you know, you turn a corner. Usually it takes about 24 hours for me to just like be, oh, okay, I have to just accept this. And then suddenly, you know, like in this project that I just did, I the notes came. I was like, oh, I hate these notes. And then 24 hours later, I was like, oh, my gosh, this made it so much better. And, you know, I really had to uh, have some, you know, eat some humble pie there because, uh, like I said, it's all it's all a team effort. Yeah, but you got to have your cake and eat it, too, in a sense. <laughs> you know, like we, yeah. we kind of did. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, your your job in a lot of ways is to get to be able to work again. Exactly, you know? yeah. And, um, and part of that becomes being a team player and it doesn't mean rolling over I don't believe that at all I believe it's more of uh, just that you have an opinion you stand up for that opinion but at the same time you 
you have to recognize there are other voices involved in this. This is not a one-man show. I'm not Stanley Kubrick yet. Yeah, give time. I can't call call the shots. I know, I know what I want to be, Stanley Kubrick. I'd rather be like Sam Raimi or something. You know? Oh, yeah, that's uh, not bad either. That's um, still doing really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's um, it's been fun. And, and you know, with Mortal Kombat, I mean, we started this a couple of years ago. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm really excited for people to watch it. I hope uh, that people will refrain from uh, pirating it so that we can make more of these. Um, and 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 download it and, and watch it and and enjoy the uber violence, uh, you know. And then I have kids, so I have that Lego Shazam movie coming up. Yeah, and that's going to be fun too. And Sean Astin is the voice of Lego Shazam. Like Ooh, I said, we live in that watching, world, man. Yeah, one of the Goonies read my lines is like, "Are you kidding me? Like uh, this is crazy." Oh, uh, <laughs> I just I it. it, it the feeling of when I get to see an actor portray something that I wrote or see comic art of maybe a character I created for my Cradle and Series, all five, well, four, I can't, I'll get in trouble if I say anymore. But seeing all that stuff there, you know, when you see your stuff come to life, it's so amazing. Yeah. But then when you see, like, your childhood bring to life what's going on here. And by the way, it's Sean Astin. It's Goonies and Lord of the Rings. People tell me, oh, he's from Stranger Things, right? And I'm like, you uncultured swine. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's Rudy. It's, I mean, he's just been in so much stuff that I enjoyed growing up. And oh, yeah. so I, I'm, for me, it's, I know, that was a big thrill to so, watch that. And, I, I, and that's the same thing with, like, Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, I did it, you know, the first episode I did was Scooby Natural, obviously, with Jim. And that was beyond well-received. And then when I came on staff, uh, the episode I did was called Last Call. And I was such an Angel fan and such a Christian Kane fan that I was like, oh, man, you know, we should get Christian Kane in this. And, and I remember one of the producers was like, who? And I'm like, oh, he's awesome. Like, he was an Angel and he knows Jensen. And, yeah. And, uh, and then it ended up being this kind of cool, you know, rock and roll roadhouse episode that uh, I'm really proud of. And uh, it, it's great. That's one of the thrills of working in the industry is that you can sometimes enlist your heroes or see your heroes uh, get to voice things and do things. It's, it's remarkable. You are living the life right now, man. And I, I may say that without knowing. It could be 100% you're on like day three, or not day three, week three of quarantine at the moment, and you're just going insane. <laughs> it's turning into The Shining in one hour, but besides the point. <laughs> no, I, I've been... Um, uh, I've been very productive. Yeah. Uh, I, I may, mainly because I had to, I had to keep my mind off of the news, oh, and like yeah. I said, I have two kids, so I would kind of put myself in a room and I would finish some, you know, some scripts that I've been had sitting around for five or six years that are just holy um, shit. They're terrible, but I, I'm like, I just gotta finish them. They're just sitting on my desktop. I'm working on a, a show now. I, I, uh, you know, that'll come out. I'm sure. I think the first season will come out. I don't know. Yeah, don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble, Jeremy. Hold on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but then um, I have these two movies coming out now, so there's a lot of press for that, which has been really fun. And then they were supposed to premiere at WonderCon, and um, uh, because that got shut down, we've been kind of doing, you know, conference calls and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, I've got some other stuff coming out this year, which I'm really excited about. And then next year, some great stuff. So it's it's exciting. It's Animation is a weird thing because you you write something and then two years later it shows up. 
you know. And, you just have and no idea. Like, oh yes, <laughs> yeah. It's like a Christmas present sometimes. It's true. Oh, you know, I I just I told this the other episode. Well, to me it was yesterday, but. You know, I was talking to David, you know, I just I was talking about, you know, I just looked up earlier this year back when things were peaceful and I looked up and all of a sudden I was like, wow, wait a minute. I just got an email from like two different people from two different companies like, oh, yeah, your voice is now on a radio station. Like, wow. OK, like, I just like just wake up and like, oh, shit, I, this was happening. Oh, we have this going on. And you just never yeah. know. You just wake up one day when you work so much. And that sounds this sounds really braggy. It's not meant to be. But when you put yourself out there in so many different spots. You know, you just wake yeah. up and you get that phone call, or that email saying, "Hey, oh, here's this." I there's some t- I just don't know, and it just it yeah, is, you just don't know. it's so happy yeah. though. It's like a feeling of happiness yeah. to be like, "Yes, another thing to add to the chest." Yes, exactly. No, I agree. I agree. But Absolutely. It's, it's so good to hear you've been working too, because like yourself, I've been working on so much. I've been doing some live action feature film stuff, trying to do animation show. I've been working on and comics, but there's some people who I've been talking to, fellow writer friends. And they've been telling me they've been they thought this would be the time to write scripts, to get designs done, or whatever it may be, and they just can't do it. Like they just find themselves yeah. not being able to do it because maybe maybe with yourself like you said, with like news going on and the world, just yeah. the overall empath of it all. So I'm glad to hear that you've been actually working. But have you experienced any of that too? Because I will admit, I, I've had those days lately where it's just like, I wanna do this so bad, I just can't get into it. I just I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely have those days, um, especially during something as, you know, I, I, nothing like any of us have ever gone through. Um, but it is, uh, you know, so I feel like I feel like a certain amount of pressure is very good. Um, I love deadlines because they get me through certain things. Um, but also I have, I you know, I've never had an agent or a manager and so much of everything is just, you know, uh, you know, God's blessing and people's uh, people just trying to help me out. Yeah. And I've just been, I try to hustle as much as I can. Like you said, I put as many pokers in the fire as I possibly can, hoping that, you know, uh, one of them will uh, be hot enough uh, for whatever pokers do. But, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever they do. Stabbing yeah, zombies, I think, is usually what they're usually good for. I see that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm I'm also a big believer in like incremental um, accomplishment. Uh, I think the reason I got out of college is like it is one of those things that you just have to do day by day. If you can do a paragraph, great. If you do a sentence, great. It doesn't matter because eventually that cumulative uh, effect is going to be you're going to have something done. Oh, yeah. And uh, a big part of that was uh, I don't know if, if you've ever read Stephen King's book on writing. It's the, probably the single greatest book on writing that's been written. Um, it's part biography, but it's also part about his process. And um, it got me really motivated when I've been living out here for a while. And I wasn't sure how to make my next move. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't the best networker. I'm not the best at certain things. But I just said, I read this book and I thought, oh, look, he gets up and he writes, you know, but he writes like eight hours a day. I was like, maybe if I just write an hour, mm. and and I wrote an hour. And some days it was I didn't get very much done, and some days I did get a lot of stuff. It's just like exercise; you make it a habit. And suddenly, scripts start popping out, and then I had to get over the other hurdle of like letting people read it and hear their thoughts, which is, was very hard um, for me. I know some people that are really good about getting feedback, and it is it is definitely a hard thing for me. Mm. Um, we all have our little hurdles as artists. Uh, but during this time, 
Uh, I also have a family that uh, I support, and I also have people that uh, that I would love to work with, and I and I'm ex- I try to get excited about multiple things at once. So if I get bored with one thing, I can just move to the other thing. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then I just try to, I try to reach out and 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 you know meet people, and and uh, again, all you can do is is what you can do, and if people respond to my stuff great if not uh sorry I, there's a bunch of other people uh, yeah. but, uh but i'm excited i'm excited for some of the stuff mortal Kombat is definitely you know aside from supernatural i got this a couple of years ago it was a big departure for me because i had done for for me i mean it's what i do normally it's all my freelance scripts probably more in line with stuff like that mm-hmm. but professionally i had done mostly you know uh younger skewed younger action stuff uh superhero stuff and to be able to do something that is hard r that is going to be violent and more in line with kind of the 80s action sensibility i grew up with was uh was awesome and i i felt i felt like it was a risk they took and um i hope that it pays off for them (laughs) i i think it will i mean i'm extremely excited for it i'm not when does it come out by the way does it come out? That's, that's, a good, good, that's a good point. I should have this right up. Okay. It so comes should I? <laughs> April 14th. Sweet. So four more days. It comes out or whatever, whenever this is released. But April 14th on digital and then April 28th on 4K Ultra HD. Um, and I got to tell you, the sound design, the animation, the animation guys, the way it went was I would written the script. Um, some of the people in NetherRealm said it was too violent and too vulgar. What? And I, I know. And I said, I was in this meeting, and then the first words out of like Ed Boon's mouth, and I said, well, wait a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do you know who you are, guys? Are you forgetting no, like, what this uh, is? Your stuff is like a thousand percent more violent, <laughs> you know? I just played your game, and I just crushed somebody's yeah. balls. Are you telling me I can't yeah. do that in a cartoon? <laughs> I think there. I think it was more about certain tone stuff that happened. Oh. The opening is very mean. It's very brutal, and um, and I said okay. So probably on a scale of one to ten, it was probably in my mind an eight. And so I scaled it back a little bit, and I handed it off. And Rick Morales, who's the producer uh, and Ethan director, uh, took it and they brought it to their storyboard guys. And about a month and a half later, I get this call. Like, you got to come in here. you got to come in. I, well, I said, why? Well, we got to show you the animatic. I said, all right. So uh, Jim and I had gone in, and he, and he pushed play. And we literally were going, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Screaming and, like, covering our face. And, like, oh, no, no. And so they had taken whatever I had done and just ratcheted it up to, like, a 20. Are you and serious? <laughs> Amazing, and I I would go in to talk to some of the storyboard guys, and I'm like, "You guys are crazy! I love it. You psychos! Uh, you know, it was it's really great." And they kind of got carte blanche. Like they there was a there's an element of Rick saying to him like, "This may be the only time you get to work on something like this." So oh, shit. go nuts! Wow. And they, 
They really did. It's really, really violent. <laughs> and it, but it's also something historic, so I kind of see why they want to make sure it's good. Like, Well, not make sure it's good, but make sure they're like, we got to get it right. And they're all skepticism a bit, little bit about it. Like, well, maybe tone it down. It's the first Mortal Kombat cartoon like this on the scale. Like Mortal Kombat cartoon movie, as far as I know. And the, if I'm wrong, let me know. Other fans will lynch me, but... Cartoon, but it's not it's not violent. I mean, honestly, outside of the video game, I don't know if they've ever done the violence to the scale that we've done here. I mean, Ed Boone is really excited about it, and talk about being gratifying. Talk about gratifying is when the creator of something is giving you, you know, a thumbs up and saying you guys nailed it. Like that's that's all you could ever want. Oh you know, yeah. You don't want to get in that Alan Moore situation, right, where he's like, I want nothing to do with with Watchmen or anything again, you know, you're like, oh, okay. It was to do with Watchmen. Yeah, she's like, nothing at all. The show is trash. I can't do an Alamore accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. So uh, having, having Ed Boone be like over the moon about it uh, is really, really great. And to be able to work with somebody like to watch Joe McHale do Johnny Cage, which is ridiculous. Oh. I, I and Joe McHale is funny. I mean, just funny. He would ad lib lines and put just nuanced twists on lines, and he came to play, and he's so good that I can I can't now I can't remove his voice from Johnny Cage like it's yeah. impossible. Hey, folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you. Go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be. Comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address. 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, and downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit him, you can visit him drawntocomics.com or find him on social media and the number 623-847-9090 to give him a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully you guys check him out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. It's, you know what? This is, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do this. Like I, It just seriously blows my mind that we're at this point. We get this card. And I'm happy it's still coming out, by the way. I'm extremely yeah. happy because I was kind of, this was one of the many things I was worried. Like, okay, all my stuff's canceled. Please, for the love of God, let at least one of my things I was looking forward to. Because it comes out two days before my birthday. So I'm like thinking, like, this is just a birthday uh, present to me. Like Thank yeah. it. <laughs> but it's like, you just don't know what's canceled and what's not these days. So it's like, oh, thank God. We at least get Mortal Kombat. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but I know some production companies aren't going to go, like, live action world. They're not going to go back to production until next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, we didn't get to finish our final season of Supernatural. We're going to, oh, shit. but it's going to be a bit before they go and shoot the last episode. Um, and you know, that's another, that's another, that's been another blessing is being able to move into live action and, uh, into a show that I have been a fan of since day one. And that's, you know, 
that's a weird that's a weird thing to love a show, to enjoy a show, watch every episode of a show, mm. and then suddenly get to write on a show because you know been on fifteen years. <laughs> you know, so it's true. You're. Uh, it's how is that though? I'm curious because I've never gotten the chance. All my stuff's either creative owned or we're collaborating with stuff. Right. It's not like a property that exists, sort of thing. Like your first one was Green Lantern. Now you're working on Supernatural, and you yeah. hell, you did Young Justice and Lego and such. So yeah. what is it yeah. like? Just like so, I kind of get an understanding too. And for, for listeners out there, I'm just so curious because I've always wanted to go in someone else's sandbox, and they're like, "Oh, here, play right. a little bit." What is it kind of like? Is it nervous? Are you nervous at first with it, or is it I'm, one of those I'm like? Not- I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm, I've lived, I'm such a nerd, you know, that grew up this uber geek at a time when that stuff was not popular. Mm. And I loved comics and, uh, superheroes and all sorts of stuff like that. Dungeons and Dragons, all the stuff that, you know, was verboten when I was growing up. And, and so with anything I think that you're a fan of, you, you're kind of daydreaming about it. I've, I've daydreamed a thousand Green Lantern stories and Batman stories and different things I'd love to see. And so when I got the chance to enter the world, I was like, uh, one thing that people will say about me is like, I will give you a thousand ideas. I won't give you one idea. I'll give you, I'll give you so many that your your head will spin because I've been thinking about this a long time. And with Supernatural, Andrew Dabb, who is the executive producer and showrunner, he and I have been friends for a long time, and he, you know, he was writing comic books. He, he wrote Ghostbuster comics, he did Dragonlance comic, and, and some of his own creator-owned stuff that were really rad back in the day. And and then he got on Supernatural, and I was a fan of the show. I remember he got on, I think fourth season. I was like, you, oh, you set up, I, I love that show, you know. And and then it was season thirteen when uh, we reconnected about Scooby Natural, Scooby Doo mm. crossover. And then they wanted to bring me on, and they sat me down, uh, him and Robert Singer, the executive producer, and they said, Jeremy, all we want you to do, we don't want you to deal with mythology, which is a mythology-heavy show, but we just want you to come up with crazy ideas. And I said, all right, here are 10. And they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, here are 10, and uh, I'll start with the least crazy, and I'll go to the craziest. And I said the least craziest thing, and they both went, well, that's too crazy. <laughs> and I went, what? oh, uh, okay then. And, <laughs> and so then I, you know, I went through them all and I think they were too crazy, but I had this roadhouse one in the back of my mind. And so I threw that out. But that's to say, uh, being in somebody else's sandbox, uh, it, it, you know, that toy box of, I don't own these characters. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any proprietary ownership of any of these characters. I'm coming over to somebody's house to play. And because of that, there are certain rules that they want me to play with. I can try to add and try to, you know, I, all I want to do as a writer is add to that sandbox so that other people will be able to play later on. But um, uh, it, it's, it's never been difficult. You find the rules where they want and what they don't want. In the case of Supernatural, there were, there were some considerations about uh, time, effort, and money for different episodes. We have the 15th mm. season, and it's like... You know, we can't go too far afield here because of what's going on in the last uh, season. Um, but I got to add, I, I, I felt like I got to add quite a, my own little spin and fun to my episodes. And and, and again, Whoop, you, you there? I oh, Hold on. <laughs> I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Is, is Skype glitching again? 
you must have, but uh, you know what it is. Uh, I, sorry for this uh, strange uh, moment. No, you're fine. That probably sounds better. A little bit. I mean, either, either uh, way, it's, it's fine. <laughs> no, my my earbuds for some reason uh, have been cutting out. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? I was like, I was gonna say earlier, like before, because I was like, let me just press record before I knock Skype a little bit. Was uh, I, yeah. I talked about it with a friend of mine. And by the way, everything you just said, I 100% before we get any further, I want to say yeah. 100% agree with. That is amazing. Yeah. And you and I are both similar in so many ways, apparently, because I immediately, I am. You're right. I do have so many pot, like a uh, ten ideas already on the brain, ready right. to go for whenever they call. They're like, hey, do you want to work for this? Yes, I got this. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like here's ten stories. Yeah. But there was a little fun joke for you is I was talking to a friend of mine who works in the porn industry, right? And she does all this stuff. She makes so much money now. And I was like, well, what, why is Skype crashing? And she said, Dakota, think about it. How many people are doing cam stuff right now? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is, that's why. It makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, everybody is overloaded everything right oh, now. Yeah. That's crazy. Them pe- uh, yeah. yeah. My, my point, what I was going to say is like, I mean, like any of us, if somebody said, hey, what would you, if you could do a Star Wars, what would you do? You'd probably be like, oh, I would do this, this, and this. Like, oh, I would yeah. love to do this. I would do this. Like, you, we all have these kind of fan ideas. So I'm in the fortunate uh, position to be able to work on some things that I'm such a huge fan of. Yeah. And so I already have, uh, you know, that was a huge, that was a huge plus for me for Supernatural. I already have familiarity with the characters and, and you know. And I didn't expect how intense, like, you know, fan bases have been interesting. Like, I didn't expect that um, Scooby-Doo had a, as big as a fan base. Like, I'm a fan of Scooby-Doo. I've written a bunch of Scooby-Doo movies. Um, you know, my higher-ups have a particular way in which they want Scooby-Doos to go. So mm. I, I try to adhere to that and do it. But then I would see people get really mad about you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island was a a successful um, straight-to-DVD Scooby movie in the 90s. And, yeah, it was kind of like one of the first times that they really made supernatural elements in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was the real monsters for once. It wasn't somebody in a mask. It wasn't a man behind the mask. Well, I, you know, I got called in to ask to do a sequel, but, you know, uh, like Jim, uh, Jim Creek, who is my boss a lot of times, he's a Scooby-Doo fundamentalist. He'll tell you all the time that, no, the whole point of Scooby-Doo is that there's nothing supernatural. And so when we got to do Scooby Return to Zombie Island, uh, you know, it's much more in line with the classic Scooby-Doo. But at the same time, we tried to, it's almost like a tangential universe. Mm. We tried to not say anything that happened in Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. We didn't. We don't say it didn't happen. We try to tell just a, kind of a spin on that story in more of a classic Scooby-Doo fashion. Mm. Well, I did that and man, people were mad. Oh my goodness. Uh, they were so upset. And they were like, no, the first Scooby, you know, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island is the scariest movie and all that stuff. I'm like, ah, maybe go back and watch it. But uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, a lot of things I thought were scary are not as scary as, uh, at all, but um, uh, and the same thing like Scooby-Doo, uh, it happened with, uh, you know, Supernatural, it happens a great deal. Um, people are very invested in that show, and I'm glad people are invested in that show. And it's funny, though, because people get mad at you, and you're just thinking in your head, I'm 
well, I, that's not my fault. Or they'll be mad at something, a line in a script, and you're like, yeah, I didn't like that line either. I didn't put it in. You know, yeah. and, oh, yeah. uh, you know there's, it's such a collaborative exercise to point at one finger of blame is weird. Um, and I know I'm going to get it for Mortal Kombat, too. I'm excited. I think a lot of people will be excited. But I also think some people will always be annoyed because as fans, I'm the same way. You get so attached to one version of a show or an idea, and then if they deviate, you kind of get really like, how dare you? You know? Yeah. And I, I do it all the time. Yeah. There's, I, just, yeah. I just don't do it online. <laughs> you're like, you, it's just only in bars is when you're like, can you look what the Switch shit had said about me? And he's like, oh, Jeremy, calm oh, down. <laughs> well, I, it's like there's, there's I have this rule. I, I, it's basically like the universal rule that if you're if you're ch- chatting with nerds about stuff, it will always end up, it doesn't matter where you start, it will always end up uh, in a conversation about Star Wars. It will always oh, God, end up yeah. in a conversation oh, yeah. about Star Wars. I mean, it always starts out high-minded or talking about some cool genre film or whatever, and then, and then eventually somebody will be like, "Yeah, but I don't like the way that blah blah blah," and you're like, "Yeah, I'm you know," and it just, it just goes off. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I. I've been getting a little bit of fan flack recently for one of my, I, I'm relating a hundred percent to you right now, man. It's, it's like a Phoenix thing, I guess. It's like, I guess it's like, I don't know, but there's a re- one of my books I have out one that's, that's actually out at the moment. It's on freeze, but whatever, but then the world's fine. One of it is giant monsters in Vietnam war. Right. And I'm a huge Kaiju okay. fan, everything like that. And, most of people are like, this is amazing. This is, this is a cool concept, a cool idea. We saw on Conskull Island. We got the vibe from it. We want more of this. And so I'm like, okay, well, what if we do it? And here's this. And more merchandise coming out, also the jazz. I, the flack I've gotten back from it's been very interesting. They're like, you've disrespected the kaiju fandom with this. I'm like, what? How? Like, what are you talking about? And then it's like, well, they're like, oh, you're messing with a war. And I'm like, how many Nazi zombie shit do you see a day? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, it, it's that one's been interesting. I don't get as much as I think. At least I don't see it as much. But it's that's been one where it's like okay. And then one superpowered police officers in Chicago. You're disrespecting the police force. What? How? I'm putting light on the police force in Chicago. Who needs it? <laughs> you know, like what, what are you talking about here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's. that's uh, thank you, man. Thank you. And you just thought, I think fans or right people who work in the arts should definitely know, or people wanting to be writers or actors or even like that is. Be prepared to take criticism, no matter how good of something it may be, or maybe terrible. But you're always going to get criticism, no matter what. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. For sure. Even by fans, I think the fans one hurts a little bit more than like producers, though, because I'm like, I'm one of you guys, a fan, and they're like, you suck. Oh, <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how I feel all the time. I, I always feel like I'm no, but I'm one of you. Yeah, right. and, uh, and then they're like, no, no, not anymore, buddy. And I'm like, okay, okay I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you're excommunicated from the fandom yeah. Facebook group. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't take that. You almost, it's like, you almost have to ignore it because you have to kind of stay true to yourself a little exactly. bit. Exactly. There's a very well-known animation legend that I had the opportunity to just work with. And he was always like, he was like, no, the fans don't know what they want. And you need to, you know, your job is just to be true to you and, 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 and do it, do what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's what I need to hear. You know? I think I know who you're um, talking about. Cause I think I know who it is. I won't say, I'll say after the recording, but I okay. think I know. Interesting. I, th- I you know, I, 
I'm, I'm very... Uh, it... We can't... We'll, we'll wait till after, Jeremy. <laughs> no one of you to get in trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk about it. I, I won't be able to tell... It. I, I, I've signed too many NDAs, but um, eventually... I don't know, this year? Probably this year, I think. Okay. All right. It may not be. I don't know. I don't know. Like we'll wait till I, we'll wait till off the record, off the one hundred percent record. But because uh, I'm really curious. But um, yeah. So I have to ask though, good man, and we, almost all of us are at a certain point. But are you a Lego fan? <laughs> you know, because in the amount of the stuff you've done for Lego, like, are are you at least a fan of like grown up or anything like that, or is it you just got locked yeah. into the community? No, so when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have near as many um, sets as they have now, obviously. Um, I think the coolest set we had, there was like a pirate set and a, a knight set. Ooh. And me and my buddies, uh, because we lived in a small town, we lived in Prescott, Arizona, um, we, you know, there was no comic stores or hobby shops at the time. So when we'd play Dungeons and Dragons, we'd use Legos as our kind of like figurines. and set That pieces. is amazing. Uh, yeah, and so I grew up, you know, you grow up playing Legos and goofing off, and then uh, and then time goes by, and uh, and then I had kids, and, and then you start playing with Legos again, but for me, um, you know, I don't know, I feel like everybody is a fan of Lego in a certain way, and then it's like as a kid, I played with it a lot, and then I got older, and then um, I got to work with Lego, and they are just... Uh, one of the easiest companies to work with. Fair and yeah. I just, I just re- recently went to China on their behalf last year. Oh, thank God, last year. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Jeremy, no! Thank goodness, no, last year. And um, and I have, uh, I've done so much, and I continue to do so much with them because they're the coolest people. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they are so intentional about what they're making and how the, how they are, try to inspire people to play and create. Um, it has been so much fun to work for them and hopefully do well for them. But yeah, I have done a lot for Lego. And, and, and really, the way that came about was I had been doing episodic stuff and uh, Jim called me, uh, Krieg, again, and he said, mm-hmm. uh, okay, uh, we got to do... Um, you know, I, first of all, I just found out that I was going to have a little girl, my first, my first daughter. Oh. And oh. I, I, you know, and I will admit to my misogyny in terms of like, oh man, I, I wish I had a boy so I could play lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, this friend that's a girl of mine, like slapped me and was like, uh, you know, you can do that with girls, right? And it was like, wait, what? And I, and I, I, I felt so stupid. And then I was like, then I went gung ho, and then I was like, I, I need to, I need to work in this space for my daughters, you know. And so, anyways, they called me and they said, listen, um, we're doing this uh, Lego DC superhero girls movie, and um, they were like, hey, can you hire somebody? He's like, yeah, I can totally hire somebody. And they said, but we need, we only have two weeks oh. to write it. And I, and he said, oh, I only know one person that can do that. And so I got this call because one of my talents is I can write really fast. And suddenly, um, I am just, you know, ripping through the script and uh, got the script out. And they and Lego just was over the moon about it. And they asked me to do a second one. And then from that, that led into Lego Flash and Lego Aquaman yeah. and a Lego Batman Family Matters and now Lego Shazam. And then on the side for them in particular, I've done Lego Jurassic World. And yeah. Oh, it's been it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Dude, it sounds like 
it's the definition of if you work hard, you never know what will happen. You just yeah, you, you don't. Yep. You, you got to be the Ian McKellen of, you know, writers, right? And oh, like, that's brilliant. Oh, my God. I know he was there. I know he was doing stuff. I didn't yeah. Jackson before Pulp Fiction. Like, he would show up in movies, but, I, I you know, it, it, then suddenly Pulp Fiction happened, and then suddenly he yes. was everywhere. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of times in the industry, part of getting more work is people realize that, you know, you're faithful to little things. And so they're like, okay, look, he hasn't blown up yet, so we can get him something bigger, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll and they'll keep they hopefully will keep trusting you, <clears throat> you know. I don't know. I, I I hope I can keep I can keep uh, you know churning and burning here because uh, I I really uh, I really like this. I really like uh, writing and I really like working in the industry. My name is Andrew, and I am the host of a show called Rage Hunter. And on Rage Hunter, we cover the latest news. And what's trending in the gaming industry, with just a hint of some sarcasm and rage. You probably have this hole, you know, this void in your life that you don't know how to fill. Well, Rage Hunter is going to fill it. And the best part is, we are everywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, Podbean, Instagram, Twitter. So that way, you can get as much rage in your life as possible. And some news while you're at it. So come check us out and be a part of the greatest gaming podcast in the universe. See you there. Same here, good man. Same here. It's interesting being it in film and and everything else. Like the comic company I work for doesn't even operate in Arizona. They operate in New Jersey. So I'm kind of just doing like film stuff wherever I can here and doing all that other and with comics and such. So it's always gives me more hope to hear that sort of thing. You know, it really because it's great. Dude, listen, there's, yeah. a, there's a nice pedigree of people. My dad drew for DC Comics. Oh, uh, shit. When I was a kid, you know, he had done a brief stint on some stuff. And then he was also contemporaries with this guy named Tony Salmons, who had also done a bunch of um, art for comic books. And, um, you know, there's some, you obviously have Mitch Garrett, yeah. I guess, uh, who lives in Phoenix. And, um, you know, amazing artists living out there. It's much cheaper. It's true. It, you know, that 100% is true. And and right now, everyone seems to be com- We're calling them the refugees are coming out here and moving out here right now. So there's that, too. But <laughs> I used a sticker on my car, and it was this old, old coot had given it to me. And it said, Prescott used to be a nice place before it became a suburb of California. Oh, and my I, God. It was like a, you know, it was such an few times i've been out there for projects and stuff like that and meetings and all that jazz like it just i've noticed a difference and, and they're like oh it's still the south I'm like oh my god this is amazing yeah. <laughs> like what what is this magic i see palm trees but i'm not melting <gasps> people are out running like it's just yeah. like, yeah. fools they're gonna die like what are they doing there's uh do you ever see the meme or maybe even just the episode or the meme of it and they were it was when king of the hill when Hank, Bobby, and Peggy all visited Phoenix. Oh, dude, 
You gotta I look it up. Like, I need, I need to watch it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds hilarious. Google it, cause Bobby's like, "Why do people live here? This is a monument to people's <laughs> sins." <laughs> it's like, yeah, kind of, cause instead like 118 in their truck, and they're just coming from Texas. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's still hot. It can be still oh. hot. My mom would sometimes have to use oven mitts to drive, and like, you oh, know, that's brilliant. Was, like, yeah, it was. Crazy. We'd come down to visit my, you know, grandfather in Casa Grande, and it was just like, uh, oh my gosh, it's so hot. <laughs> you know what? And people still want to leave their pets in the cars. Like I, when I always work uh, at a grocery store, yeah. I about bad. There was one time someone told me, and this was, it was working out of Sprouts. So God, like four years ago, I think it was. And I'm sitting there, and I'm about ready to go home. I'm not clocked out just yet. And I, what happened was my manager, my this lady worker came up and was like, someone's caught, dog is stuck in there. And it was 112 degrees outside. And this person, the customer just left their dog in the car. It's like, okay. I looked at my boss said, all right, do I have permission? She looked at me, said, you damn right. I'll clock you out of my computer. I took off my shirt and I had, a, I had an undershirt on because I, I was working, uh, I think it was a butcher at the time. And so I had an undershirt on. So I had a shirt underneath. I wrapped my hand up and ran downstairs about ready to punch in the window i was like i was like okay get the dog distract it over there we're gonna punch in the window and this little lady comes out wait and it's like took i'm like ma'am you're waiting right here we are calling the cops on you you're going to jail you're gonna fine because this dog's about ready to go and it was one of those and so my boss like like what happened at work today it's like well i got full permission to bash someone's window out to save a dog's life but the lady took off <laughs> good for you dude that's awesome well, you never know here man it's nuts yeah. oh man yeah. oh yeah. There's one thing I want to ask you, Jeremy, because I don't know if you know any of the people that worked on it. You did a, a show called Young Justice. Yep. And we, yep. you may know someone like, do you know Cameron Bone, who does the voice of Robin? I, I don't know him personally. No. Ah, he's I, he's I, a buddy I of mine. Him. He's a buddy of mine. You, oh, you would definitely enjoy him. And he told me about yeah. working on the new season and whatnot, too, and working on that show. How was it being a writer on the show? Because as an actor, he got like all this stuff from fans and everything like that, and he was always telling me about it. I got to like email him and see how he's doing. But like, what was it like? Jim and I wrote the season finale of this last season, mm. and um, it is not so much writing as it is uh, uh, like Greg and Brandon, who are the real masterminds behind it and the creators behind it. They have mapped every episode out to a to a nuance, mm. and they are so uh, particular about everything. And Greg, before I got to write on the show, he had this whole list of things. Like you know, I, I had already seen the first two seasons. I was a big fan, but he wanted to. You need to check out the cut sequences from this video game. You need to check out this comic book, oh. and you need to. And it's just, it was an extensive kind of like research mode to get up to speed for the actual script. I was super lucky because I had never worked with Greg. I'd worked with Brandon. Brandon was a producer on uh, Lego Flash, and, Bra and Brandon and I got along really well, and Brandon is a genius. You cannot believe the stuff that he has coming out uh, soon. Um, and then Greg with him together, those guys are incredibly smart. And um, so... So it is more of like just hopefully I can make sure that I am helping them uh, do what they need to do. And mm -hmm. if I can add a joke or two along the way, perfect. But it's more of the prestige and so glad I got to 
work on that show because that show was just dang good. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a weird show, too, because when you read the script, you're like, man, there's a lot of talking. I don't know if this would work, but they're so smart at it that when you see the episodes, you go, they're freaking geniuses. Exactly. Like, I, I don't, I, that's the best super, like, dramatic superhero show that has been written. And I don't even think it's close. Uh, and I, I wish they, they would just let them do that with live action people because you could take those scripts and import them into a live action format and you would have such an incredible, incredible uh, a series. And there, uh, the other thing about Greg that's uh, even crazier. So I had, I'm probably the only writer that comes to things super early, but I got there early uh, hmm. and I had met Greg. I, I was talking to him and I was asking him about stuff and how he got started and he was kind of telling me his story. And um, and then he started asking me about it, and I said, oh, you know, I've, I've always been into comic books and, and writing and stuff. Um, my dad used to draw comic books, and usually when I say who my dad's name is, not people, not many people know who he is, because he, he, he did a very limited amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said his name, and Greg's eyes get wider, and he walks over to his iPad, and he, and he opens it up, and he pulls out a comic book, and he goes, your dad, drew some of my last issues of Captain Adam in the 80s. Oh, my God. And at that time, honestly, I had no idea that my... I, I loved comic books. I had no idea that my dad had drawn drawn Whoa. Captain Adam. And I... It was the weirdest experience. And that just tells you how incredibly small these industries can be. Yeah. And uh, I was I was blown away. So it was... It was it was really neat. It was a, you know listen, getting to be able to say that you worked even a, a smidgen as much as I did because those guys do the heavy lifting on Young Justice is is a thrill. That's that's brilliant. I'm like just awestruck by that story. That's a story you can put in an autobiography right there. It's like that's chapter one. Like this is the beginning of the life of Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, it was really neat. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. We're coming near the end of the show. I just realized how long we've been, <laughs> we've been talking. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, I'm curious because what – you've done so much with heroes. You've done so much, for, obviously, I mean, comics and stuff like that, too. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge comics fan myself. What – is there been one you have not written for yet? Like, is there a character or a villain, maybe even like a speed team, whatever it may be? Is there someone you haven't written yet that you really want to? Good I luck, because <laughs> you've done a lot. I know. Man, it's hard, because this year I've been able to write for a lot. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, that did not, I, I don't want to break I NDAs. <laughs> so, no, no. no, you won't. But, but I haven't been able to um, dip my toe into the Marvel Universe, which, you know, is a huge, mm. you know, big love of mine. Um, at one point, I got paid for a Star Wars thing, but it ended up not going, oh. uh, which was disappointing. Uh, but uh, I was beyond thrilled for that. So those are those are some of the bigger, like, fan favorite things that I love. Um, those are yeah, those are the only ones I, I I would really love to. You know, like I'm a big, you know, Captain America and Daredevil fan, and uh, mm-hmm. I have this crazy pitch for Punisher. Like you know, there's certain things like that I would love to because uh, luckily for me, I've been able to play a little bit in. The DC universe, and I have some DC, other DC universe stuff that I'm excited to explore that people are excited about. So I don't know, uh, you know, 
uh, we'll just see what the the future holds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. You never know anymore. I mean, right now we definitely don't know what the hell is going to happen. But I I yeah. definitely could see you doing, and this is not blowing at all, Jeremy. This is being completely honest. I could definitely see you doing a really good Daredevil run. Oh, thanks, man. I am a big fan of the Born Again uh, Daredevil oh, series. Yeah. Frank Miller and Mazzucci. Uh, um, uh, that affected me so much when I read it as a kid, and I reread that. Uh, run of comics over and over and over and then religiously just you know collected all those Daredevil books have you um, read any of the Daredevil recently in the past like I'll just say two years no I haven't you I have, have to sir did, and I, uh, I, I, I need to bust it out and download some of those you will be blown away oh I can't wait oh that's exciting I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited now I won't spoil anything but the la- there was a recent issue, and I've been catching up on my own books and stuff like that. So I think it was in the, the past four issues, I want to say it was, there was this whole yeah. thing with the people of Hell's Kitchen and whatnot and Daredevil. And I'll just say that. But man, when it got to like near the end scene, and it was just one of those things with the people and him, and I just cried. And I just I said, I didn't like ball tears like the end of Marley and me, but I shed like a tear, and I'm like, this, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> like, oh, cool. I'm I just. Excited. You got me really pumped for it. Oh, good luck, man. And because it's just, thank you. I I can't recall the artist, and then I'm just I'm I can't think. Oh shit, hold on. No, I just can't think of it at the moment. Um, hold on, this is one. Okay, uh, Chip Sadarsky has been like the big writer on it at the moment. Oh, That's what I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. want to get it wrong, but yeah, Chip Sadarsky, and there's been a plethora of artists and going on with them and such too. But Chip Sadarsky, man, he's been born to write Daredevil. I, I just so good luck with the competition, Jeremy. But, but God bless. Good luck. But uh, I, no, I just said I, I would love to do it. I, I, uh, I don't want to compete with anybody. <laughs> but uh, no, I thank you for having me on, and and I'm, you know, I I hope people go buy Mortal Kombat yeah. and, and and Lego Shazam. They're they're really fun. Obviously, different in tone. <laughs> but, uh, no, are you kidding me? I'll let my ne- or my nephew just go ahead. Or oh, not nephew, but my cousin go ahead and watch Lego Shazam. Who's like nine? He'll be fine, right? And then Mortal yeah, Kombat. Right. It's great. Yeah. That won't be a problem at all. No, <laughs> no, no. What happened? Well, I'm never allowed to see that family member ever again. <laughs> it's like, oh no. Exactly. Oh no! Well, good man. Where can people find you at on social media? Because I know we like just so they can keep touch with you and everything going on. If you do it, yeah. Uh, so on Twitter, it's Space Kicker. That's it. Uh, Twitter dot com slash Space Kicker. That's that's kind of the the main the main place. Fair enough. That's where I kind of uh, operate and live day to day. And you know, Lego Shazam comes out. I don't know, uh, April twenty eighth. Oh, it's a good uh, month for you. Oh, yeah, God. exactly. And then, uh, and then uh, June sixteenth, the DVD comes out, and then same thing with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat comes out. Uh, what did I say? Uh, on April fourteenth. Yeah, fourteenth. Digital and April twenty eighth uh, for four K. So you're right. really crossing your fingers. We don't have another big, huge thing this month. <laughs> you're really like, world, don't end because Dad needs to feed his kids. <laughs> I, I there was that moment. You know, I've been going to Comic Con for a long time, and I'd always dreamed about being on the other end. Um, and you know, the last few years I have been, and it's been a thrill, but last year, I think I had three or four movies premiere at Comic-Con. Oh and it my crazy. God. And it was, it was such a, it was such a thrill. Like Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island, and another Lego movie, and it was, it was a blast. It really was. It was a thrill. Oh. So I, I don't know why they don't scatter them, 
but whatever. I'm excited. Right? Oh, stay tuned, though, man. You might get a phone call for Comic-Cons, because especially if you had four premiere last year, I would definitely invite you to a con, because they're doing online stuff now. There's so many digital Comic-Cons popping up. So I would keep an eye out you know, for those. I've, I've always wanted to go to Phoenix Comic-Con and Tucson Comic-Con. I've always wanted to go to those. Um and I'll have to. I'll have to try to work it out someday and, and just come down to hang out. If I see you, man, I'll sit and wave hi. I'll be like, Jeremy, I'll buy you a beer if you drink. Or if not, I'll buy you a pop or whatever you want. <laughs> thank you. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Well, good. thank you for coming on, good man. And to all the listeners out there, thank you guys for tuning in. And, yeah, we're just going to end it there. And with the final words, stay classy, fellow writers.